Jayhawk fans, this is Coach Bill Self. You deserve the best care for any orthopedic or sports injury. Visit the University of Kansas Health System and get care from the same experts who treat the Jayhawks. Request an appointment at kansashealthsystem.com slash sportsmedicine. Garrettson and Toth presents The Shift with Jack Johnson on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. We are back with another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside Marco Marquez. Shout out to our presenting sponsors, starting with Garrettson and Toth. They handle the most complex felony, federal, or state criminal defense cases. You'll find them in doing that successfully, helping criminal defendants all over the Kansas City area and Northeast Kansas for years. Also, be sure to visit Kim Howard and Associates Agency at 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. Or give Kim and her team a call at 913-649-2002. That's 913-649-2002 for a quote on your home and auto insurance today. And if you call that number to mention that you heard their ad here on The Shift, Kim and her team will give you a free $10 gift card to Starbucks. To use on whatever you would like, coffee, tea, breakfast items, it's your $10. All you got to do is call that number at 913-649-2002 and tell Kim and her team that you heard their ad here on The Shift. Well, no more bracket projections. No more going to Joe Lunardi's bracketology page. No more going back to ESPN and seeing where some teams might end up. No, we now have the full 68-team bracket breakdown. And our entire show is going to be dedicated to going over where each team is falling, where they're playing, which region is more favorable, which teams got screwed. And I think we know all about the teams who got screwed. And I think even here locally, there is at least one fan base I know that is royally pissed off about where they are in their region. But we are going to dedicate two regions for two segments. So we'll start it off here with the Midwest and then go to the West. We'll take a break, come back and do the South and the East. We have all the game times as well. Jeff Goodman tweeted that out yesterday. We know when KU is playing. We know when K-State's playing. And we know when Missouri is playing. And the games start as early as tomorrow. Of course, if you are into the Dayton-Ohio games, the first four, those will be starting tomorrow night, I believe, starting at 540. But as we just mentioned, let's start it off with the Midwest region. And I think for a long time, or at least on this show, we all believed for a long time that was going to be a lock for Kansas. Uh, even with their 20-point drubbing at the hands of Texas in the Big 12 championship game, it felt like they still were a lock. At least to Joe Lunardi, it felt like Kansas was not only a lock for the number one seed in the Midwest, but maybe the number one seed overall. Then you get to Sunday, and Houston, without Sasser, one of their best players, they fall to Memphis in the American Conference championship game. So you think at that point, it's an automatic lock. Josh Briscoe and I were on 810 yesterday from 430 to 8, and as the show starts, I blatantly said, and I don't think I've ever been more wrong, I said, it's pretty much a no-brainer. It's a lock at this point that Kansas is going to be the number one seed in the Midwest. But it wasn't just me saying that. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but you went over Twitter yesterday after Houston lost. It was almost a given that Kansas was going to be the number one seed in the Midwest region. The only way they were not going to be was if Houston was to win. And even if what even if Houston was to win, 
it didn't matter per Joe Lunardi. He still had Kansas as the one seed in the Midwest region. But when the Midwest region popped up on CBS, it was the Houston Cougars highlights and not the Kansas Jayhawks highlights. So Houston grabs the number one seed as the second overall one seed, and they will start play in Birmingham against Northern Kentucky as the 16 seed. Not only did Houston get lucky with the one seed in the Midwest instead of Kansas, their 8-9 matchup does not include a Big 12 team. They get Iowa or they get Auburn, assuming they move past Northern Kentucky. So Iowa and Auburn in the 8-9 matchup, and how about this BS as well? Auburn as a 9 seed gets to play their first two games, assuming they beat Iowa, in Birmingham. That's maybe the only thing that Houston got screwed with is that if Houston makes it past their first game against Northern Kentucky, which will take place on Thursday, they could play Auburn in a home court game for Auburn as a nine seed. It makes no sense there. Now, on the flip side, if this was Kansas in the one seed, you know, I think it would have made more sense because then if it was still Iowa and Auburn, They're having to go play in Des Moines, but then on the flip side, you could say Iowa then has a little bit of a home court advantage. So maybe the committee took that uh, into consideration as well, wanting to give Auburn the edge and not Iowa, despite Auburn being the nine seed. But that's the 8-9 matchup in the Midwest region. Then you go down one step further. You got Miami, who was the ACC regular season champ. They are the five seed, taking on Drake as the 12 seed. That would be in Albany. The four seed out of the Big Ten would be Indiana, the 13 seed, the Golden Flashes of Kent State. And then here is the first Big 12 team in the Midwest region. It'll be the Iowa State Cyclones taking on the winner of Mississippi State and Pittsburgh, which I believe that game as well will be on Tuesday night. I think the first two games are Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Southeast Missouri State, and then Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. I want to double-check on that because I know the uh, first four games can always get mixed up a little bit. So let's go to all the games that take place tomorrow night. I do know for a fact they are evening games. You won't be you know, blindsided by an afternoon tip for the first four games. In the NCAA tournament, the first game tomorrow night. Okay, so we were correct. It'll be Southeast Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi on five, at 5.40 p.m. on True TV. Both games will be on True TV. And I know people always struggle to find True TV. If you don't watch Impractical Jokers, I urge you to do so because that's pretty much the only show on True TV that is popular, I would say. And I watch a lot of True TV, and it's why I always know where to go for the NCAA tournament. But be sure you know where True TV is on your guide. Whether you have cable or YouTube TV or, I don't know, the NCAA March Madness bracket app or CBS app, I don't think you'll be able to watch it on CBS, though. Those are only CBS games. So just make sure you know where True TV is because every time this year, this moment comes around in the year, people start struggling to find where True TV is. So before the games tomorrow, I urge you to go right now or whenever you get home from work and find where True TV is because that's where both games will be on tomorrow, 540 Southeast Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Then at 810, the late tip, it'll be Pitt and Mississippi State. So back to the Midwest bracket. That is who Iowa State will get. They will get the winner of either South or Pittsburgh and Mississippi State. Pitt was a team that at one point was ranked, I want to say, in the top 20 when they were faring pretty well in the ACC. Mississippi State, on the other hand, they were as good this, this year as beating, I believe it was TCU. 
although Mike Miles got banged up in that game. They had a couple of big wins in SEC play, but toward the end of the stretch, uh, they didn't fare as well. They finished 21-12 and on the year, lost to Missouri on the road, and then also lost to Vanderbilt on the road to close out the regular season, lost by 23 to Alabama in the SEC tournament. They also nearly knocked off Alabama in Tuscaloosa, fell 63-66. to That was in the midst of a five-game losing streak from Mississippi State, but they will get their chance in Dayton, Ohio, to get into the NCAA tournament with a win over the Pitt Panthers. But Iowa State, this is important to note, as the sixth seed, right, if they get to the Sweet 16, they will be able to take over Kansas City once again like they did for the Big 12 tournament. So Iowa State could be one of those sneaky teams in the Midwest region that if they get out of the first weekend, they could be incredibly dangerous because of the home court advantage they would bring in Kansas City, Missouri. The three seed in the Midwest region would be Sean Miller, the former Arizona Wildcat head coach, his Xavier Musketeers going up against Kennesaw State, who is appearing in their first ever NCAA tournament. They were 26-8 and on the year. The Owls, the 14th seed in the Midwest region. Those games will be taking place in Greensboro, North Carolina. This may be one of the biggest shocks, and more so, I think, because we thought at one point quad one wins really matter. At least Kansas fans thought quad one wins mattered. It didn't when it was all said and done, but apparently it did the Texas A&M. A&M finished second in the SEC. So they were second in the SEC this year. They lost to Alabama in the conference tournament. But it was because of their non-conference schedule, not scheduling very tough opponents, not scheduling many quad one or quad two teams. And despite going 25-9, and nine, they're a seven seed in the Midwest region. Now, this is very fascinating. These games will be in Des Moines as well. The 10 seed is Penn State who was knocked off by Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. The two-seed in the Midwest, Texas, taking on 15-seeded Colgate. So Texas and Texas A&M, one of the better rivalries that we saw in the Big 12, in the old Big 12, that could be happening in Des Moines this weekend. And that game would be on Sunday, I believe. Or excuse me, that game would be on Saturday, because the 16th, if I'm not mistaken, Marco, is on Thursday, right? So the 16th is Thursday, which means if A&M and Tex- or Texas A&M both move on, they'd be playing on Saturday with a chance to go to Kansas City for the Sweet 16. So that is the entire Midwest region. Houston, the one. You have Texas as the two. You have Xavier as the three. You have Indiana as the four. You have Miami as the five. Iowa State as the six. A&M as the seven. The eight seed is the Iowa Hawkeyes. The nine seed, the Auburn Tigers. The 10 seed, Penn State out of the Big Ten. The 11 seed, either Mississippi State or Pittsburgh. The 12 seed is Drake. The 13 seed is Kent State, the Golden Flashes. The 14 seed is Kennesaw State. The 15 seed is Colgate. And the 16 seed is Northern Kentucky. These games will be played in Birmingham, Albany, Greensboro, and Des Moines. If they are to advance past the first weekend, the path to Houston, which is where the Final Four is located, would go through Kansas City. So Houston, as the second overall one seed, they get in the Midwest and not the Kansas Jayhawks. As for the West region, and again, if you're just now tuning in, we're going to dedicate two regions for each segment here. So we just did the Midwest, and now it's time for the West region, where next weekend's games would be taking place in Las Vegas, where the Golden Knights play, not where the Raiders play at Allegiant Stadium. So the one seed in the West region 
is the 27-7 and Kansas Jayhawks, who led the NCAA, broke the NCAA record for quad one wins with 17. They had 10 more than the Houston Cougars, but the committee chairman, Chris Reynolds, said they factored in a couple of things here. Uh, it was quad one and quad two games and how they fared. Uh, Kansas did not have any losses in quad two, nor quad three, nor quad four, but Reynolds said that it was the margin of defeat in the losses was far worse for Kansas than they were for Houston in their three. Now, something to point out here, though Kansas was undefeated in quad two, quad three, quad four, Houston was not. Houston lost to Temple, who was 16-16, and by one point at home, I might add. But Kansas was penalized for losing five of their seven games by double digits. Remember, they were blown out by Tennessee. They were blown out by TCU. They were blown out by Texas twice, and they were blown out by Iowa State. The only close losses they had were Kansas State in overtime, and they also lost to Baylor. That game was a little bit misleading, deceiving. I think they only lost by seven or eight points. That game felt a lot closer to a blowout, a double-digit loss, than it really was uh, because Kansas just did not play well in that game. But five of the seven losses were not close games for the Kansas Jayhawks. So Chris Reynolds, they factored that in. The committee did. They also factored in, which I thought was interesting, Bill Self's status. They factored in that Bill Self may or may not be coaching in these games. Therefore, they cannot be the second overall one seed. And they also brought up that Houston and their loss to Memphis in the conference championship game, that Sasser being out affected that. But they also said that Kevin McCuller being out affected Kansas in their 20-point loss to Texas and more so came down to how bad the losses were. Now, Houston didn't really come down to the wire with Memphis. Memphis comfortably won that game, but it was Kansas getting the drubbing at the hands of Texas, who was top five per Ken Palm. Uh, that mattered far more to the committee than it did for Houston. But nonetheless, Kansas, the one seed in the West region, the 16 seed, is Howard, who I believe is appearing in one of their first NCAA tournament games as well. I can't remember if they were one of the teams that had never appeared before. If they have, it's only been one time before. I know there was a list of teams that were kind of on the cusp of making it. I'm not sure if Howard has appeared in it before. I know Kennesaw State, this is their first NCAA tournament, but Howard is a team. I know this does worry Kansas fans from time to time. Howard per Ken Palm is not a very good team. The second time. So, the second time, or they've appeared two times before? They've appeared two times okay, before. Okay, so two times before, Howard has appeared. This will be their third appearance in the NCAA tournament. First time since 1992 where they played a number one seed Kansas and lost by okay. 30, 33. Well, right now, the line has opened up, I believe, is 21 and a half in favor of Kansas in Des Moines. So the first two rounds will be played in Des Moines, assuming Kansas can get past Howard. If you are into some analytical data uh, and you like to look at Ken Palm, Howard is not favored by Ken Palm. Howard is a team that is in the bottom 100, I believe. I think they're around the 210 mark for college basketball. So this is not a 16 seed. And they still could win. Well, let's say it's an NCAA tournament. Anything can happen. UMBC was not predicted to beat Virginia, the only 16 seed to ever beat a one seed. But Howard is not favored by Ken Palm. They're not a great offensive team. And I know for most Kansas fans, they're always worried about drawing that team that shoots it 42% from deep as a team or 38% from deep. They're not a team that scores the ball very well. I think it's very comparable to Texas Southern of last year. Texas Southern was a play-in 16-seed team, and when they got to Kansas in the first round, it was ugly. I mean, Kansas absolutely bashed them in. And, and here's the thing. 
if you are a Kansas fan that's wanting a Final Four run, you can't be hung up on the 16 seed matchup. What you can get hung up on is the 8-9 matchup. And that always is going to be tough. That, that's the difference now in college basketball as opposed to 10, 15 years ago. Remember 10, 15 years ago, your 8-9 matchup could be you know, Northern Iowa, for example. Now, Northern Iowa was a team that upended a very good Kansas team, a Kansas team that had two losses in the regular season. But those 8-9 matchups were sometimes mid-major programs. They very few times were Power 5 teams. This year they are. I just mentioned in the Midwest region, the 8-9 was Auburn and Iowa. In the West region, it's Arkansas and Illinois. So you have Brad Underwood's squad, who lost to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament, and you have Arkansas, who was preseason number 10. They have the number one recruit in the nation in Nick Smith. Two lottery picks, might I add, and Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. You also have another five-star freshman in Jordan Walsh. They've got a set of twins in Makai and Mikel Mitchell. The transfers from Rhode Island. They've got Ricky Council, the transfer from Wichita State. It's a dangerous team. Now, I want to go back to last year for Kansas and... Kansas's 8-9 matchup was either Creighton or San Diego State. And back then, I think that was one of the scarier matchups in the region because San Diego State had the number one scoring defense in the country. And Creighton, despite missing a few guys, was still a very dangerous team. They got Creighton, not San Diego State. So there's always going to be that fear in the second round because you're not playing a 16 seed anymore. You're usually playing a team that came from the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC, and they're tough to get by. And no matter who Kansas would draw, assuming they beat Howard, that's a tough matchup. That's a very, very tough matchup. Now, Arkansas is top 20 in Ken Palm. What I would say favors Kansas in a type of matchup like this, Arkansas is a terrible three-point shooting team. They do not shoot it well at all from deep. I think if I were to compare them to a Big 12 team, very similar to TCU. Very physical. They have good size, great guard play. They don't shoot it well from deep. TCU was the worst three-point shooting team in the Big 12. Arkansas, I believe, was one of, if not the worst, three-point shooting team in the SEC. So Arkansas, first things first, they got to worry about Illinois. And Illinois is not better than Arkansas. I'm not just looking at the seedings here. Arkansas is the 8, Illinois is the 9. Arkansas, though, they're a team that worries you more because of what their preseason predictions were, their projections were. They were top 10. They had a top two recruiting class right behind Duke. They were expected to win the SEC. It didn't happen. So how do you take that? Do you take that as a team that is still really loaded, really talented, and they can upend you? Of course they can. But they also didn't perform well. And they've not had stretches this year where they've had that level of consistency. In fact, Arkansas has not had many big-time wins this year, many quad one wins. And SEC play... They were upended more than a handful of times. They're 20 and 13 this year. Illinois, on the other hand, they're 20 and 12. Now, the biggest thing with Arkansas as an eight seed, they are not good whatsoever at holding on to leads. And I mean at all. They blew, a, I think, a 15 point lead to Missouri at one point earlier in the year in the SEC tournament. They blew a 13 point lead to Texas AM at halftime. I mean, immediately erased. They almost blew a 17-point second-half lead to Auburn in the first round of the SEC tournament. They can't close it out. They really can't. Now, maybe that's the inexperience. You know, even though you have five-star freshmen, it's a different stage. It's not high school anymore. And I know these kids are, are not so much freshmen anymore. They've played the entire season. But still, 
I mean, I think you go back to one of Kansas's most loaded teams recruiting-wise, the Andrew Wiggins 2013-2014 team with Joel Embiid, Wayne Selden. You had Frank Mason, Connor Freycamp. Uh, it was a team that had a lot of five-star freshmen. And they were bouncing the second round by Stanford. Not all the time in college basketball do one-and-dones work. I mean, Kentucky is one of the teams that made it work. Not many teams have been able to follow up with all freshmen on the floor. And I think one of Arkansas's biggest losses was Trayvon Brazil, the Missouri transfer. They lost him, I think, around the Maui Invitational, if not right a little bit after that. So it's been a long time since Arkansas had him on the floor. But that changed their season because they're not as deep off the bench They've got five-star talent. They've got three that start in Jordan Walsh, Nick Smith Jr., and Anthony Black. But off the bench, I think they only go about two or three deep, and those guys are still not big-time producers. So Arkansas and Illinois, the 8-9 matchup for Kansas in the West region. The five seed is St. Mary's. And I think why Kansas fans, as you see, will go down the bracket here, why they're more upset than anything of not getting the Midwest region, it's the two, three, four, and five seed they have and where they'd be playing if they were to make it to the Sweet 16 of the Elite Eight. So St. Mary's, West Coast, five seed. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to find exactly where St. Mary's is playing because we all know St. Mary's as being the school that gives Gonzaga a run for its money at least one time a year. And Ken Palm really likes St. Mary's. Now, St. Mary's is a team that I think is a five seed solely because they are not in a very competitive conference. You know, they're in California and the West Coast, the WCC, the only teams that really present as a tough matchup is Gonzaga, and at times I think it was San Francisco last year. But this year, when looking at the WCC, the West Coast Conference, It was Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and Santa Clara. Only two teams were ranked, and that was the Bulldogs, and it was the Gales. There were one, two, three, four teams under 500 in that conference. So St. Mary's, though very tough, weren't really battle-tested. And that's why I think they're the five seed at 26-7. and I believe St. Mary's was absolutely dominated Uh, by Gonzaga in their conference tournament, 26-point loss to the Bulldogs there. So they're not invincible. They're just a tough matchup, and they're on the West Coast. Not saying they have a huge fan base, but if Kansas were to meet them in the Sweet 16, you're getting a much bigger turnout than there would have been in Kansas City. The 12 seed is VCU. I'm sure Kansas fans all grimaced and groaned when they saw the Rams pop up there because the scars that were left from 2011 when an 11-seeded VCU team knocked off number 1 Kansas and San Antonio, will they get the Gales in the first round? Here is maybe the most nightmarish matchup, and I don't know why they're a four-seed. UConn is the four-seed in Albany, taking on 13-seeded Iona. The Huskies are the fourth-ranked team in Ken Palm. They're top five in the nation. Per analytical data, advanced metrics, they're a four-seed in the West region. The fourth team in Ken Palm, is the four seed. That would be a potential matchup in the Sweet 16. I'll go out and say it now. I'm never a guru or a genius when picking teams in the NCAA tournament. Nobody really is. Everybody's bracket's going to be busted by Saturday. But UConn is a team that I think has a better chance than UCLA, has a better chance than Gonzaga to reach the Final Four. UCLA's banged up, and we'll get down to them at the bottom part of this bracket. They're banged up as the two seed. 
Gonzaga is Gonzaga. They almost never fare well in the NCAA tournament beside their COVID year run when they got to the national championship game. But other than that, it's UConn, I think, Kansas. I think the winner, if those two were to meet up in the Sweet 16, they're going to go on to the Final Four. That's how good UConn is. They're the four seed in the West region. The sixth seed of the Big 12, the TCU Horn Frogs, they will take on the winner of Arizona State and Nevada. That game will be taking place on Wednesday in Dayton, Ohio. So TCU at 21-12 and 12 will get to see their opponent firsthand against each other in the first four games. The three seed, as we just talked about, Gonzaga at 28-5. and five. They will take on Grand Canyon as the 14th seed. The seven seed out of the Big Ten, Northwestern, will get 10-seeded Boise State. And the two seed will be the UCLA Bruins against the 15-seeded UNC Asheville Bulldogs, I believe it is. But UCLA is the two seed in the West region. Smells a lot like the 2007 season for Kansas. If you can remember back that far, the 2007 Kansas team was the one seed in the West region. The two seed in the region was Russell Westbrook and UCLA. And where was that Elite Eight game played? Los Angeles, California. A very, very similar situation. And here's the thing. Every team has their tough matchup. I think when you're put in a region, you always want the number one seed, if you are the one seed, to be playing close to home in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight rounds if you make it that far, and you pray your two seed is not close to that region. Like last year, the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight rounds were played in Chicago. Kansas has a big fan base there. Their two seed was Auburn, one of the weakest teams in the NCAA tournament that was a top 10 seed. Auburn was bounced in the second round, and Kansas didn't have to worry about their two seed. This year, if you get UCLA... You are playing very close to their home turf. It's in Las Vegas, so it's not L.A., but still, I don't think Kansas is very thrilled with how that all shaped out. And Gonzaga, a West Coast team, the three seed. Their four seed is the fourth best team per Ken Palm. The five seed is in California. So of your top seeds, in terms of close to home, your two seed, your three seed, and your five seed are all closer to Las Vegas than you are. But here's the thing. It's the NCAA tournament. You just got to beat who's in front of you no matter where you're playing. Kansas has had the Sweet 16 Elite Eight matchups being Kansas City before. It didn't result in the Final Four appearance. They lost to Oregon in the Elite Eight. It doesn't always work out the way you think it is. You just hope for the best matchups. And it's a tough bracket, but every team has their complaints. Last year, Kansas had one of the softer brackets. They were very comparable to the East region last year. But this Kansas team... They've got the talent. They certainly do. they got to hope they're healthier. they got to hope Kevin McCullers back. But I've always believed this with the NCAA tournament. You get past the first round, the first weekend, that is, that's when the confidence builds. And for top seeds, it's all about getting past that first weekend. Then the pressure lessens a little bit. You're playing really good teams, and you're not facing a, a historical upset. You're not going to be a 16 seed. You're not facing a 16 seed that's going to bounce you. Right in Kansas City, as Jason Anderson on The Zone pointed out last week, the betting odds were tougher to win the Big 12 tournament than it was to make the Final Four. Now, Kansas lost against a very good Texas team, and they could see Texas for a fourth time this year if they make it that far in the NCAA tournament. 
But right now, it's all about getting past those first two games. Hell, first things first for Kansas, got to get past Howard. It's one step at a time. You're hoping Bill Self's back on the sidelines, and you're hoping Kevin McCuller is back in the starting five. Marco, before we take our break and come back and go over the South and the East region, what were your biggest shocks, maybe from both regions here? I think you'll probably go with the fact that Kansas is not the one seed in the Midwest, but is there any sneaky pick you like in either region? I'll just basically give you the floor here to give your takeaways on both of these regions. Yeah, KU definitely not being the number one seed in uh, the Midwest was the biggest one, uh, was the biggest kind of shock when talking about the two headlines here. Um, You mentioned Texas A&M earlier in your monologue. Them as well, they get a tough matchup uh, against the Big Ten uh, tournament runner-up in Penn State. So um, that, to me, who had been as someone who was watching a lot of SEC basketball this year with Missouri, I thought that their conference was a tough one as well, and it they proved and they showed by that by having eight teams uh, being placed in the tournament. But seeding for A and M, I thought, could be uh, better. Um, first glance uh, in that Midwest, one surpri- uh, not surprise, but one takeaway is that 11-6 matchup for Iowa State. Iowa State, we saw the represent the representation that their fan base brings to Kansas City. I feel like that 6-11 matchup for them might be tougher than uh, than what people may see at first with Mississippi State and Pitt. Two tough teams coming out of their respective conferences. Uh, Xavier getting a three seed, I thought was interesting. Um, the runner up out of the big no, excuse me, uh, they didn't run. They they finished. Uh, they finished in, uh, getting knocked down in the semifinals of the Big East tournament. Um, Gonzaga, though, three seed in the West. That is my sneaky team to watch, though, when talking about that right side of the bracket. Um, Gonzaga, I thought, had a really strong finish to their conference and com- uh, to their uh, conference season. So, yeah. That right there, so far the teams that stand, the, the matchups that stand out to me, um, an, an upset that I like right off the bat for you out of this one, Colgate over Texas, fifteen two. I believe history. I believe in that history repeats itself. The last team to win the Big Twelve championship tournament at least uh and then moved to the sec was missouri they went on to lose against norfolk state uh another 15-2 matchup there so that's a match that's an upset i'm gonna look at and possibly lean towards picking um two teams both finishing 26 and 26 and 8 this season two different records with the same uh with equal um wins and losses though but, yeah, uh, that one to me is one that came off uh, initial reaction, just being a Missouri fan also. You know, I think when you look at both these regions here, the Midwest and the West have the best chance of a top three seed advancing. I think the one region this year where you're not going to see a top seed advance to the Final Four, I'd go with the East, and we'll get into them after the break. But before we do head to break, let's give you some game times for Thursday. So let's start it off with Thursday here, um, which is when Kansas would play Kansas and Howard will tip off on TBS at 1 p.m. You can go to Jeff Goodman's Twitter account. Just be sure, Josh Briscoe and I got slipped up on this yesterday, Eastern time when you're looking at it. So it'll be 1 p.m. All the times will be a little bit ahead, of course, when you get the Eastern time. But as for Thursday, uh, you will get the first game being West Virginia and Maryland tipping off at 11.15 on CBS. You will get Virginia and Furman at 11.40 on True TV. Then you'll get Missouri and Utah State. 
who we'll talk about here in the South region after the break. They'll be tipping off at 12:40. Then, of course, Kansas and Howard at one. Southeast Missouri State and or the winner of the Southeast Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi will take on Alabama at 1:45 on CBS. Uh, Charleston and San Diego State will tip off at 2:10 on True TV. Arizona and Princeton will tip off at 3:10 on TNT. And Arkansas and Illinois will be the late afternoon tip-off in Des Moines at 3.30. So those are some of the Thursday afternoon games. We'll give you the Thursday evening games when we come back here after a South and East region breakdown. You are listening to The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN, Kansas City. back here on The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside Marco Marquez. We continue our NCAA tournament breakdown of this bracket, and we just went over the Midwest and the West region. We now have the South and the East region, so let's go up top to the South region where the number one overall seed, Alabama Crimson Tide, will be playing. They will play on Thursday against the winner of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi and Southeast Missouri State. That game will be taking place in Birmingham. So you will have Alabama and Auburn fans both in Birmingham this coming week. The 8-9 matchup, I think a really brutal 8-9 matchup for Alabama despite being the number one overall seed. They would get the winner of Maryland or West Virginia. And we talked about on the show after Kansas beat West Virginia, that West Virginia is still going to be one of the more dangerous eight or nine seeds in the NCAA tournament. I don't think it's far-fetched to say they are the most dangerous eight or nine seed in this entire 68-team bracket. The five seed in the South region is the San Diego State Aztecs. They'll be taking on the 12-seeded Charleston Cougars, I believe it is, at 31-3. and I, I think I'm guessing there. On that, they are the Cougars. I always want to make sure I get the mascots right because I'm really good at getting mascots. But I'm pretty sure Charleston at 31-3 and is the Charleston Cougars. And I am correct. Okay, perfect. I I thought I was leading myself in the right direction there. There's South Charleston, I think. Uh, South Charleston. Colgate, for some reason, who's in the NCAA tournament as well against Texas. I always get them mixed up. Cornell. I know they're the big red, (laughs) but it's like all those C teams that are either 12, 13, 14, 15, or 16 seeds. Always get them mixed up. But Charleston at 31-3, and they will take on five-seeded San Diego State. The four seed out of the ACC and runner-up in the ACC Conference Tournament Championship, they will take on the 13-seeded Furman. So the Virginia Cavaliers taking on the Furman Paladins. The sixth seed in the South region will be the Creighton Blue Jays at 21-12, and 12, who at one point were top six in the nation, I believe, going into that Maui Invitational Tournament. They beat Arizona in Maui way, way, way back in November. They did not have the same finish to the year as they had at the start to the year as they are 21-12 and 12 in the sixth seed. They will take on an 11-seeded NC State out of the ACC. The three-seed who has been slumping a bit but still coming out of the Big 12, the Baylor Bears at 22-10. and 10. They will take on the 14-seeded UC Santa Barbara Gauchos at 27-7. and 7. That game will be on Friday in Denver, Colorado. The 7-seed, the Missouri Tigers out of the SEC, taking on 10-seeded 
Utah State. We'll get a quicker breakdown here after we give you the 2-15 and 15 matchup, which will be the Arizona Wildcats, the winner of the Pac-12 championship, taking on Ivy League school Princeton as the 15 seed down in Sacramento. Let's go back up to the 7 seed in the Missouri Tigers, taking on 10-seeded Utah State. Uh, we talked to Curtis Seabolt last night on Sports Radio 810 WHB, of course, a big Missouri fan, and, and he... Kind of like this matchup, kind of didn't. I think you're upset that you have to have Arizona as your two seed rather than maybe a team like Marquette, who is the two seed in the East region. Maybe you'd feel a little bit better if you got a UCLA team that's more banged up because I think Arizona is the team, and I think really the only team in the South region that has a good chance of preventing Alabama from getting to the Final Four. I mean, right now Alabama's got the best player in the country in Brandon Miller. They are one of the biggest teams in the country. They are one of the fastest teams in the country. And I think Arizona is really the only team that can match up somewhat well with this Alabama team. So if you're a Missouri fan and you're wanting to get past that first weekend, uh, first things first is about looking at this team in Utah State, one of the highest scoring teams in the NCAA. I think what should worry Tiger fans is Utah State, one, is loved by Ken Palm. They are a top 20 team per Ken Palm. They are also a top 15 team in offensive efficiency. They are also the third ranked team in the nation in three-point shooting. That is always a nightmare scenario in the NCAA tournament. When you're making your bracket predictions, I strongly urge you to do this. And I, I promise I'm not just a big Ken Palm homer here. I look at other things, too. I think eye tests are still a very big thing. You also look at how they were battle-tested. You look at quad one wins, quad two wins, how they fared in top 25 matchups. And I think for a team like Utah State, it's not a true nightmare matchup for Missouri because I still think Missouri, coming out of the SEC, can handle a team like Utah State. But Utah State can also keep up with Missouri offensively. Where I think Missouri has the edge is that Missouri is much better at forcing turnovers, and that is the big key here. And I think for Utah State, for them to beat Missouri, move on to the second round, it's going to take still one of their better, or if not the best offensive performance they've had all season long. Because Missouri, in the same boat, is a damn good offensive team. And they have better and more talented players. They have Demoy Hodge, who's also one of the best defenders, I believe, in college basketball, averaging more than two and a half steals per game. Kobe Brown is now one of the best stretch fours, I believe, in Power 5 basketball. Shot sub-25% with three-point range last year. He's now over 40%. That's a tough matchup for a team like Utah State. But I think for Missouri fans, as Curtis was pointing out, he's going to, when you are a Missouri fan, you're always wondering, all right, when is the, the, the chaos going to happen? When is the catastrophic fall going to happen? How are you going to be screwed over in the NCAA tournament? I think for 10 seeds, Missouri got screwed over a little bit here. You know, I think also being a seven seed, I always thought Missouri was more so better equipped to be a five or a six seed. Uh, they fared well in quad one games. They didn't have many bad losses. In the non-con, of course, just losing to Kansas is not a bad loss. They're a one seed in the NCAA tournament. And losing in the SEC, it's still one of the top conferences in college basketball. But Missouri gets a seven. They don't get 10-seeded USC. They do not get 10-seeded Boise State. And they do not get 10-seeded Penn State. They get Utah State, and though in a mid-major conference out of the Mountain West, they're one of the best mid-major schools in the NCAA tournament, if not the best mid-major school. They shoot it well from deep. They can score a lot of points. This will be a shootout and a very tough test for Missouri. But even if they get past Utah State, 
they're getting one of the best teams in the entire NCAA tournament, and Arizona's the two-seed, assuming the Wildcats get past the Ivy League school Princeton Tigers. I will say this about the South region. Alabama being the number one overall seed, I always think with the number one overall seed, they get some weaker matchups. That is a brutal region. And I think uh, the bias in Kansas fans want to say, well, the, the West region's the hardest. Kansas will have to go the furthest of one seeds. But Alabama, I think, has just a gauntlet to go through here. And maybe that's because they want to test Alabama more, the committee did, because Arizona's a two-seed is the best two-seed of anybody. They are a better two-seed than Texas. They are a better two-seed than UCLA. They're a better two-seed than Marquette. Maybe if you want to give the edge to Texas after what you saw in the Big 12 tournament, I'm giving my edge to Arizona. I've been more impressed with Arizona this season as a whole than I have been with Texas. The 8-9 matchup, a West Virginia and Maryland. I don't like that for Alabama. Virginia is a slower-paced team, and I don't think a great matchup for Alabama, but Virginia as a four-seed is tougher than Indiana as a four-seed. I think the best four-seed is UConn in the West region, but I'll put Virginia at two. They're far better than Tennessee as a four-seed, and right now they're going to be maybe a tougher Sweet 16 matchup for a team like Alabama. Creighton is a sneaky six-seed. NC State, if they were to make it that far, could be a sneaky good 11 seed. Baylor is a three. They've got great guards. And if those guards can all come together like they were at the middle part of conference play, they're going to be an incredibly tough out. A 7 or a 10 in Missouri and Utah State, you know you're going to get you know you're going to get a lot of points in that matchup, assuming that would be, I guess that would be in the Elite Eight if Alabama and those teams were to make it that far. And we just mentioned how good Arizona is. So Alabama, I think, is the number one overall seed. Got screwed a little bit with this draw. Not where they'd be playing their games. They're right next door in Birmingham for the first two games. But I think some of these matchups they have, uh, man, Arizona is the two. I thought for sure Kansas would get Arizona as the two. I always said West Virginia was going to be an eight or a nine seed, and they were going to be a brutally tough second game of the weekend matchup. I don't think Alabama likes seeing West Virginia in the second round. They're an incredibly physical bunch. But Alabama, I still think should be, and by far and away is a favorite, to get to the Final Four. But Arizona is a team you should not take lightly. If it's a 1-2 matchup in the Elite Eight, I would have to get a very strong argument as to why I should not take Arizona. Maybe I'm just super high on Arizona. I know they were bounced last year by Houston, but it's an Arizona team that can not only get to the Final Four, an Arizona team that can win the whole dang thing in Houston on April 3rd. So that is the entire South region breakdown. Alabama is the one, Arizona the two, the three seed is the Baylor Bears, the four seed the Virginia Cavaliers, the five seed San Diego State out of the Mountain West, the six seed is Creighton, the seven seed is Missouri, the eight seed is Maryland, the nine seed is West Virginia, the 10 seed is Utah State, the 11 is NC State, the 12 seed is Charleston, the 13 seed is Furman, the 14 seed is UC Santa Barbara, the 15 seed is Princeton, and the 16 seed will either be Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Southeast Missouri State. Now for the East region, and by far and away the weakest region of any of these regions in the NCAA tournament, it's the one seed Purdue Boilermakers, who have the National Player of the Year in Zach Eady. They will take on the winner of Texas Southern and Farley Dickinson, which will be the, the first game on Wednesday in the Dayton, Ohio first four games. The 8-9 matchup is the Memphis Tigers, who just beat Houston in the American Conference Championship. 
They will either get Memphis or nine-seeded Florida Atlantic, who went 31-3 and this year. The five-seed, the ACC Conference Tournament champion Duke Blue Devils, will be taking on the 12-seeded Oral Roberts Golden Eagles at 30-4. and Four-seed will be Tennessee, now without Ziegler this year. Tennessee is maybe one of the weaker, if not the weakest, four-seed of the NCAA Tournament. They will take on the Ragin' Cajuns of Louisiana as the 13-seed. The sixth-seed in the East region is the Kentucky Wildcats, who fell to Vanderbilt in the SEC semifinals uh, a couple days back. They will get 11-seeded Providence. Then out of the Big 12 and the final local team that we have not mentioned, the three-seed Kansas State Wildcats will take on 14-seeded Montana State. So they will either face Providence or Kentucky if they do get past the Bobcats in the first round. Their game will be on Friday in the last local team to play their first-round matchup. The seventh seed in the East region would be Michigan State out of the Big Ten, taking on 10-seeded USC out of the Pac-12. And the two-seed in the East region is Shaka Smart's Marquette Golden Eagles, taking on 15-seeded Vermont out of the American East, the Catamounts there at 23-10. and 10. This is the weakest region, undoubtedly. I think with Purdue being the one, Marquette having Shaka Smart, and Shaka Smart never made it to the second weekend with Texas, you have your doubts there. The three seed, Kansas State has a great, great chance to reach the Elite Eight. You know, I think they got a very favorable matchup against Montana State. Kentucky is so unpredictable. You never know what version of Kentucky you're going to get. I think what concerns you as a Kansas State fan is defending Oscar Shibway. Oscar Shibway's a double-double machine. He's the best rebounder in college basketball. And K-State struggles with their front court. Whether it's David Gasson or Naquan Tomlin, they can be X-factors, but they have not seen a guy like Oscar Shibway this year. You know, I think Oscar Shibway is a guy that can dominate the game in a couple of different ways. And he'll give you 18 and 17. And K-State's already not a great rebounding team. I think what Marquette could pose as a difficult problem for Kansas State in the Sweet 16 is Marquette turns teams over a lot. What does K-State do a lot? They turn the ball over. But if you're a Kansas State fan, you got to be thrilled with this region. You didn't get a brutally tough one seed in Purdue. Your first and second round matchups still could be considered favorable. You got a team like Marquette as a two seed instead of a UCLA, Arizona, or Texas. That's the weakest two seed of the bunch. Your four seed is Tennessee. That's the weakest four seed of the bunch. And the five seed in Duke, they've been hot of late, but still, it was a Duke team that we were questioning whether they'd make the NCAA tournament about a month or two ago. And they got hot at the right time, but still, I don't think they were getting as tested as much in the ACC. So if you're Kansas State, you're thrilled with this. This is about the best possible region you could be in. The only downside is instead of playing in Des Moines or Denver, where they were originally supposed to play before the Big 12 tournament, they're now bounced all the way out to Greensboro. And if they were to get past Greensboro into the second weekend, they would go and play in Madison Square Garden, I think it is, where those games would be held in New York for the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight. So that's the entire East region. The one seed is the Purdue Boilermakers. The two seed is the Marquette Golden Eagles. The three seed is the Kansas State Wildcats. The four seed, the Tennessee Volunteers. The five seed, the Duke Blue Devils of the ACC. The six seed is the Kentucky Wildcats out of the SEC. The seventh seed is Michigan State out of the Big Ten. The eighth seed is the Memphis Tigers, who won the American Conference Tournament Championship over the Houston Cougars, the one seed in the Midwest region. The ninth seed is the Florida Atlantic Owls. The tenth seed is the USC Trojans out of the Pac-12. The eleventh seed is the Providence Friars out of the Big East. The twelfth seed is Oral Roberts at 30-4. and four. The thirteenth seed 
is the Louisiana Raging Cajuns at 26-7. and seven. The 14th seed is Montana State, who will be taking on Kansas State on Friday. The 15th seed is Vermont out of the American East. And the 16th seed will either be Texas Southern or Farley Dickinson, who will play in those first four games in Dayton, Ohio. They will be on for, on Wednesday. Excuse me. So Texas Southern at 14-20, and 20, the only school in the NCAA tournament that has a sub-500 record there, 14-20, and 20, and got in because of their win in the conference tournament. Marco, before fact or fiction, any big shocks, any big takeaways from either the South or the East region? Uh, wouldn't say necessarily um, any big shocks. Kentucky definitely hurt themselves uh, in the late part of the season. Um, I really like the chaos that can ensue in the East in the East region. I mean, we're looking at a region where I see the one, the top five, any of the top five seeds could make a run at the Final Four, and then you get some double-digit possible big-time upsets. I think the Pro, I think Providence, um, the 11 seed there, they are the Vanderbilt of the Big East. I think they can definitely uh, send Kentucky packing on the first day. Oral Roberts went undefeated in their conference this season. Duke, a team that played well towards the end, won the ACC championship. Uh, they're going to be going up against a really tough number 12 team there. Um, and then Louisiana and Tennessee. Tennessee, man, uh, team that stumbled towards the end, barred by injuries. Uh, I don't know too much about Louisiana, but, again, that's just a region there, man, That's chaos can just unfold. And then you talked about the South. I think that's just a very straight shooter when it comes to who can make it out of there. Um, the, it's it's always – it's always um, – it's always um, – tough to pick a team outside of the ones and twos and the or excuse me the region that has the top seed because like you said Arizona best best of the two seeds there um that might be just be a region where it's all chalk there um and you go with the top seeds coming out of it yeah I think the south region is another one that you're going to get one of the top three seeds the east region is really the only one that I don't see a one two three or four making it I I said yesterday on 8-10 that I think Memphis could be one of those sneaky eight seeds that could maybe put themselves on the doorstep of reaching the Final Four. But we will see how it all breaks down starting tomorrow night. You have the first four games at Dayton, Ohio, A&M, Corpus Christi against Southeast Missouri State. Mississippi, Mississippi State and Pittsburgh will be the 11 seeds with a chance to play into the NCAA tournament. Then on Wednesday, it'll be Texas Southern against Farley Dickinson. And then the 11 seeded matches will be Arizona State and Nevada. Before we wrap it up, let's do some Factor Fiction. Five questions, five takes in under five minutes. Mark a fire away. Jack, Factor fi- Fiction, Houston is bouncing the first weekend. I am going to go uh, fiction on that. I think Houston at least gets to the Sweet 16. They're still a very good team. Ken Palm loves them. They are 31-3. and three. Need to make sure if you're a Kansas fan, you don't get too upset at this Houston team. They didn't pick uh, where they're going to be ending up, and I just think they have more favorable matchups than anybody else of a one seed in either of the four regions. Either Kansas, U- Kansas or UConn goes to the Final Four. I'm going to stick with that. I think fact. I think the winner, if they play in the Sweet 16 between UConn and Kansas, they will represent the West in the Final Four. Those, I think, are the two best teams and the two healthiest teams, I would say, at that point in the season. So if Kansas and UConn meet, the winner of that game is going to go on to the Final Four. Kansas and Texas will get a round four matchup. It'd be in the final four, right before the national championship. I'm going to go fiction on that. It feels like the odds are, are way stacked against them. Texas is still damn good, but I don't know if Texas will get there, and I'm still not very sold that Kansas will get there. Kansas State gets to the second weekend. Uh, I'll go 
fiction on that. I think if they do get Kentucky, they'll get the better version of Kentucky because the front court play concerns me a lot about the Wildcats when facing a guy like Oscar Chibwe. Missouri and Utah State will be the highest scoring game of the first weekend. These are two great offenses, two fun offenses. This will be one of the most fun games to watch in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I think, in fact, they will be the highest scoring game of anybody in the NCAA tournament. There is Ray Charles, so it's time to go. That wraps up another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, alongside Marco Marquez. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 AM. You take it easy, Kansas City. Jack, and don't you